Hey there, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode five of Authentic You, Living Out the Masterpiece Life. Uh, on today's episode, I have my friend Ashley Luciano on, and we talk about being real and raw with our emotions towards God, uh, just praying to him in the most realest ways possible. And it's such a powerful, intense, humbling message, and I hope you enjoy it. So, Please stick around for the end for an important message. And without further ado, here is an interview with Ashley Luciano. Hey, everyone. I just want to say thank you for tuning into Authentic You, Living Out the Masterpiece Life podcast. On today's episode, we have my dear friend, Ashley Luciano, with us today. And we're going to be talking about all things uh, that with you know, our struggles with God and just being real with him and authentic with our conversations. And uh, so welcome, Ashley, to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Ashley, you've read my book, Authentic You. And uh, you were like one of the first people to post a photo of it when you got it. And (laughs) it was it was really awesome. And I knew you know you enjoyed it. And uh, so tell me what when you first got, went through it, what, what went through your mind? Yeah. Well, first of all, I had to post a picture because the cover art was just absolutely amazing. Loved it. Um, and for me, it was a really quick read, but it was just so intentional on every page. And yeah. I just, just knowing you and knowing the work that you put into it, um, just really drew me to it to see how you're going to express that to other people. And I think the person that you are came through that book so easily and so clearly and knowing you personally and seeing this book, it's just that it lined up the, the person that you are and who you're growing to be and the person who is reading the book. Cause I don't know if you've met authors before and, you know, sometimes people's personal lives don't really reflect in their books or vice versa, right. or maybe an onstage presence doesn't reflect um, when you sit down and have dinner with them. Right. But um, it was just so consistent of who you are. So that's what really struck me at first. Awesome. That's that's great. I haven't heard that before. So that's really <laughs> cool. Um, so Ashley, when you hear the words, okay, first off, there's a new app out. I don't know if you know about this app called Be Real. Have you heard of it? Yes, I have signed up and have not touched it since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the notification, like wherever you are right now, just take the photo in front of you or whatever, like, and you have like two minutes to take it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not what we're talking about today. We are not talking about being real in a way where it's just like, Oh, here's, you know, even, even with that, it's not real. Cause I think if you, if you have two minutes to figure it out, like two minutes is a long time to make yourself look good for a, for a photo reel. Yes, it is. Or drive to a different location. Right. Exactly. So, um, but what we're talking about today is authenticity in our relationships with either one another or with God as well, mostly with God. Um, and I knew um, having you on here to talk about that because you, I feel like you have a great message when it comes to this topic. And I knew that you would be able to speak a lot into that. So when you hear those words, be real, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? It's probably a million things, but yeah, what, what there's... Yeah, there's definitely a lot that comes to mind, but in the sense of being real with God, it means that, um, man, there's so much, but for me, it's permission. It's permission to bring my full self to him 
no matter if that self is in a great place, no matter if that self is in the midst of a depressive season or where, wherever I am and however my heart is feeling at that moment, um, just bringing all of myself is that's what, that's what I feel like being real in front of God is. Awesome. Awesome. So when, you know, when you're praying to God or you're going through like a struggle, what's like, how do you open (laughs) your prayers? Like, you know, like what, what is your prayer life look like? Yeah. Um, first of all, it, it ebbs and flows. There are some seasons where, man, I am, I am praying throughout the day. I am praying at the beginning. I'm sitting down in the morning with devotionals and my Bible and journals and just pouring over his word. And then there are some seasons where my Bible gets dusty Mm -hmm. and I'm listening to other voices, still voices that are influenced by God, but other people's interpretations of him. Mm. So, um, that's not always a bad thing or always a good thing. Um, but just, just to give anyone out there that thinks they have to have like this specific sort of prayer life. And I've always like desired one of those, but I've gotten comfortable with the fact that it looks different in every season. That's cool. So, um, I don't really start my prayers in any particular way, but like in a certain season where it's a hard season, I, I dive into my prayers. I'm like, okay, God. And I just kind of like gush out like where I am, just the facts of my feelings. And I know people say that feelings aren't facts, but in me, in my body, in my mind, this is a fact that I can pour out to God and say, Hey, like this is terrible. This, I, I am hurting. My heart is breaking. This person is doing this. My enemies are coming at me. And it starts it starts kind of like a lot of the Psalms do. It's like, mm. God, where are you? When are you going to show up? How long am I going to be in this? Yeah. And um, I, I love that God is right in my midst during all of it, even if I can't feel him. But that's something I had to learn over time, that he's still there, even when I don't feel his presence. Yeah. And so like, what was, you know, what was that like? Like, was has have, have you ever been to a we're in a place where like, I I need to be so reverent with God, where I can't share my deepest, darkest feelings. I can't, you know, the pain that you're feeling, you do feel like you have to hide that from God in your prayer life. And you only have to be like, God, I love you. And you know, you're amazing. And all this reverence, you know, quote reverence. Yeah. I Well, I call it false reverence because if you're not fully real and honest with God, it's, it's, you're not really honoring who he is to you. Right. Right. And I I would agree with that as well. And there actually isn't a time. So I grew up in church, just a little background on me. I grew up in church, the United Methodist church. Like I was born in that church. I was dedicated Mm. in that church. Um, My dad was worship director there. My, my mom was the nursery school director. And um, so I had my faith and then college, I went my own way. And then when I was, I think like 27 or 28, I came to back to Jesus pretty hard. And so since that time, um, I don't think there was ever a time where I went into prayer and thought that I had to be fluffy with him yeah. on the outside, maybe with other Christians, but to God, I was raw with my emotions towards him, um, yeah. my anger towards him, 
man, there's been so many times, like even recently where I've been angry towards God and I had someone, I told someone once where I was like writing in my journal to God. I'm like, yeah, sometimes I like even like swear. And this, mm-hmm. they're like, I don't think you can do that. Right. I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't think you're right. I'm like, yeah. I, I think I can, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think I can. I think that he wants to hear all of me. He wants me to bring everything I'm feeling in front of him because there's, there's just no healing from it unless it's in front of him and exposed, even if it's curse words, even if it's anger, even if it's like resentment towards him, there was a point in my life where I felt like I had to forgive God, mm. which is just so backwards, but it's so weird sounding, yeah. <laughs> but forgiveness is for us and our hearts and really not for whoever we're extending it to. So yeah. The, yeah, there was definitely a time where I had to forgive God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I felt, I felt that before where I was like, God, you know, it's that knowing that God is sovereign, it, wherever your belief is on that, he's definitely sovereign a little bit, you know, like, let's just yeah. give it, you know, let's give him a little bit, you know? <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, if anybody takes my theology by that, I'm going to, you know, that's, it's not, <laughs> we'll go into a deeper canceled. conversation later. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm canceled by the Christian culture. Here we go. But I, you know, if, 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 if God is sovereign, the mindset, like, like, you know, going through the hurt, it's like, God, you, you could have taken this, right. You could have made it have, you could have intervened in a way where I was better. Like I've been serving you, God, like mm-hmm. when, why is this coming against me? Why is this pain coming towards me? And here's the thing is, is like, God, God wants that wants you to be upset with it. Well, he doesn't want you to be upset with it, but he wants to hear that you are upset with him. If you are, because he's like, Hey, I get it. I understand your hurt. I understand your pain. And, um, to go back to the Psalms, you know, Jesus on the cross quoting Psalm 22, right. You know, where he says like, father, you have forsaken me. I mean, he was quoting the entire Psalm when you, when in that time, when you just said the first, the first verse, uh, the first little bit of that psalm he's really quoting the entire thing because everybody in that nation everybody in the jewish world knew what that was so him just saying that they knew it all and in that david says i'm a worm a pathetic worm crawling around on the ground he was so real with Mm -hmm. his father uh David being real with God and, and Jesus being real with his father when he's on the cross going through that pain. And even in the garden of Gethsemane, he's like, take this cup for me. He's like, I do not want to do this. I have, he had yeah. so much anxiety. He had so much anxiety to go to the cross. The thing that he knew he was supposed to do to fulfill prophecy. He's like, he did not want to do. And he went to God right. and was real with him. And I, I believe that if he didn't take that time, to spend time with God, be like, Hey, I don't want to do this. He might've not went to the cross. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can say that he would have eventually because of the prophecies and stuff, but like he had to wrestle that with God. Yeah. I think, I think the wrestling with God is such an important part of our spiritual formation yeah. to use a Christian term or just our faith walk. Um, just growing in knowing God. I think the wrestling is so important. Um, cause when you wrestle, like I've I used to wrestle like with my sisters, like with my dad and living room, like whatever it was. Um, but when you wrestle with somebody, you can't wrestle with someone from a distance. 
It's not yeah. possible. You have to be close enough to touch them. And I think that's why God invites the wrestling and invites, yeah. like wants us to work out our faith with him instead of working out our faith, keeping him at a distance. So man, you can be angry at people in secret, but you cannot be angry at God in secret. And that it causes a wrestling and it causes this momentum of moving and shifting and working something out. Um, Because yeah. I can tell a quick story. When I was, I want to say, I don't know, maybe 30. Um, so my mom passed away from cancer when I was 12. I never mm-hmm. grieved that at all. And um, I never went through the process. I didn't know how to. There wasn't a lot of talk about what happened. Um, When I was 30, I was seeing this therapist for something completely different. And I felt like the presence of God almost leave me like immediately. Like it just did not feel like he was there. And I started like having this panic attack in the middle of Manhattan. I just got out of my therapist appointment. And I was like shaking my hands and I was like, I can't feel God. Like, I cannot feel God. I was telling the person I was with, I'm like, I cannot feel him. And like, I contacted my therapist and, you know, he talked me through and I realized I never grieved my my mother's death. And within that, he's like, my, uh, my therapist was like, where do you see God right now in this whole situation? Cause like I was hurting, I was broken, just having this realization after 18 years. And I'm like, honestly, I see God. Oh, he's like, if he's God was sitting in that chair in this room right now, like, what's he doing? Hmm. I'm like, he is just kicked back enjoying me suffering right now. Like, that's what I think. And it took me I would say a good solid like six months of being in this state of God enjoys my suffering. Mm. God, um, you know, he is good to other people, but he's not good to me. And a lot of anger and a lot of resentment built up thinking that he was enjoying this. But when it all boiled down, um, I had a lot of, a lot of anger and resentment towards him all those 18 years for not saving my mother from dying. Wow. So it, it worked itself out and it was a lot of just like on my face, like not believing that he was there or that he wanted good for me. And like little by little, I started getting there. Cause I kept talking to him. I'm like, yeah. I don't believe you're here, but if you are like, that's how I would start my prayers. Wow. I'm like, I believe he existed, but that he was not there for me. And of course, like I'm like, okay, well, if you're there, prove me this, prove like prove to me. And like little by little, it became untangled. And at the end of it, I was just like on my face, like asking for forgiveness. That's wow. usually like where I am at the end of any kind of season of anger towards God or resentment. Um, you'll find me at the end of those seasons, like on my face, just like thanking him and asking yeah. for forgiveness and just thanking him for his grace and mercy, like being with me through that of just being a brat, being a child of yeah. his, um, it, man, he's just, he's there for it all though. And it, it always has helped me in the next season of when the anger comes up again. Mm-hmm. So like, I have never had another season of anger where I believe that God wasn't there. That's cool. It's always been like, he is right here with me, even if this is icky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think of, you know, 
the laments and they always they, the every single lament in the psalms has a poetic pattern to it yeah um and you you just said it basically i mean it's your your life being almost like a poem you know like it was a long time right <laughs> but at the end you're worshiping yeah. you're repenting and you're 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 face down before god and that's how the Psalms are. It's like, oh, you know, I'm this, I'm pathetic, I'm a worm. Like my enemies are coming after me. Mm-hmm. God, why aren't you doing anything? But you are faithful. You right. Know? And it always switches to that. And I think that's part of the being real with God, knowing that he is still faithful. I remember a message you did once about Rashad, Meshach, and Bendigo. <laughs> and uh, I said a Bendigo, you know, away we go. My dad usually <laughs> says, or, uh, you know, and um, uh, Benny. And, uh, he, uh, you know, you, you said the quote in there where he said, you know, even if he doesn't, we'll worship him anyways, even if he doesn't do the, you know, whatever, even doesn't rescue us from this, even doesn't cure whatever, even if it doesn't, even if I, he doesn't heal me from the pain of my past, I will worship him anyways. And I think what it it comes down to is exactly, uh, that be real with God because he can handle your pain. He can handle it. Um, you know, he's, he's been through it, right. You know, being a human in the flesh, he he's been through the pain. He, he can handle whatever it is yet. Yet he was out without sin. He still knows and feels what you're going through because, and I think a lot of that had to do with his empathy for his, his children, his people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Jesus ever had that compassion fatigue that we hear about no. so often. <laughs> he's, yeah. <laughs> He's empathetic and he's compassionate and he is that unending, which is, it's just so comforting. Like I said, now that these times where I'm in anger, I know, like, I know from my uh, past experiences with it, that I'm like, I know it will end. Mm -hmm. I know it's temporary. I know God is with me and I know I'm going to come out the other side, repenting and praising, um, and yeah, it's it's great when you can praise in your trial. And yeah. there are definitely times where I do that. But honestly, there's some seasons where I feel like I don't have the strength to. And I rely a lot on, you know, friends and encouragement from them and good things that happen in their lives and prayers answered and blessings on their life, especially when you can't see it in your own. It doesn't mean there aren't any, you know, I'm sitting in a warm house right now with, um, you know, food on the table and yeah. there's there's so much to be thankful for, but man, it gets, it gets, um, so micro (laughs) when something bad happens, we zoom into, you know, that specific situation and we can forget that, you know, God's God is working everything together for good. I used, I used to hate that verse so much, (laughs) especially (laughs) when I was angry or, or grieving, but, um, it is it at the end of the day, it's really true. And it is, always something that that we can come back to and it's always something that's proved to me over and over again um do you know anything about saint john of the cross have you read any of his stuff no no i so don't he he wrote this po- poem yet yeah, teaching that i've been i've been studying this recently um the dark night of the soul have you heard of oh that? yes yes yeah. and he has this um uh, he has this, um, it's basically like, I don't know, it's a short book. It's, it's a quick read, a lot of heaviness in it. Right. Um, and he really talks about the, the mortification of the senses and, 
um, the feelings of not being connected to God and not feeling his presence and in your life and kind Mm -hmm. of what you were saying, um, you felt like God was just sitting away from you looking at you. And the reality is like what, what St. John of the cross was getting at here in his um, telling of the dark night of the soul was this is part of a spiritual journey. Like, and there's nothing, Mm. there's nothing wrong with you as a person. If you're feeling that, uh, if you're feeling like, I feel like God is completely distant. I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like worshiping at all. Uh, I feel like just sitting at home. Uh, it, he's literally like, this is part of your spiritual journey because when you go through those ebbs and flows of that, those emotions, God ultimately is like, okay, I'm available for you mm-hmm. to come back to me, but you need to process in that what you're going through. And, uh, have you had any, kind of, I mean, you kind of hit on some of that, uh, with what you were just saying, but when it comes to the, the topic of the dark night of the soul, was that yeah. something that, that you can relate with that you've ever walked out or have you currently walking through that? Or is it, is it like, uh, it comes and goes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, it comes and goes. Sometimes it stays. Um, yeah. The dark night of the soul. I'm thinking of, uh, Psalm 119 as well. They call that Mm. kind of like the dark night of the soul Psalm. And, um, yeah, there have been some very, uh, dark times in my life where, you know, like, the doctors ask you have you thought of harming yourself you're like no Mm. but i wish i would kind of just like poof and not have to deal with (laughs) everything so um it's been you know i i do struggle with depression or deal with depression or however you want to say it um Mm -hmm. that is something that i have come to terms with having and i have great therapists and great support and um great medications around me which i am eternally grateful And, um, but there are some times where my heart is just, just broken. And it's, it's not even like a a depression thing. It's not, it's not something that's like hopeless, but, um, man, I'm trying to think. So all of my like leading up to ever being like a little bit angry at God or resentful usually came after a season of obedience to him. It was like, okay, like God, um, you sent me to Rochester. So I lived in New York for a long time. And then God called me back to Rochester when everything in my life was kind of perfect in New York. And I'm like, okay, there, there must be something for me here. And I was severely, severely depressed when I got here for, for months on end. And I was getting involved with a church and I was meeting people and I joined a running club and, you know, my family was here and it did not make sense that I should be feeling depressed, but there was just something out of sync with, with my heart. And I found myself like on the ground, like crying one day to the point where I was like, crying so hard. I was like popping blood vessels in my eyes. Like, wow. it's just like, I'm like, what's that? I'm like, Oh, I, I might need to seek some counseling, but you know, God's, God's been with me through those moments. And man, it's, it, it always feels like there, there's a high of like obedience and God, yes, I'm on fire. And I, I want to serve you. And 
you know, I'll go where you send me and, you know, everything like I will do anything. God, I know you have a purpose. And then when that purpose isn't fulfilled in my eyes or within my timeline, Mm. I, I turn on God pretty quick and be like, what are you doing? Like what, like you said, you have good plans for me. Where are they? I've been here three weeks. And of course God is, you know, he takes a little bit more time than I would like with, with most things. Um, you know, there was the same thing with when my mom passed away, everyone in our church was praying for a miracle. And I was this 12 year old kid believing God for a miracle. Yeah. And when it didn't happen, it was like, you know, shutting, it wasn't shutting a whole door on God, but it was like closing up one of those nativity calendars, like those little tiny doors. I felt Mm -hmm. like along the way in my childhood, I started closing like little doors. Mm -hmm on God over and over again until there's just like a few left. Um, but even with a few of those left, like God was still like showing me his presence and, um, you know, what he had for me all the time. But yeah. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of dark times, but it's, I don't know. I almost feel like practiced in the dark times now. Mm. I almost feel prepared in a way to face the next one and not be so scared of it. Yeah. And not be so um, at odds with it. Yeah. But kind of enjoying me. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of enjoying uh, the moments of peace that can be found in it because it is possible. Um, We can get ahead of ourselves and think ourselves into a dark place. But if, if man, it is, it's so hard to crack open that Bible when you are just feeling the lowest of low and don't want to move out of bed. But if you can get a nugget of God, you know, in those dark times, it just, it, it does so much. Yeah. Um, a quote from uh, St. John uh, that I was just talking about, he says kind of to what you were re- relaying about God's timing and, and stuff um, and what we expect from him. He says, many praise and bless Jesus as long as they receive some consolation from him. But if he hide himself and lead them for a little while, they fall either into complaining or into excessive dejection. And I think we all have felt that, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and, but again, I, I, I see it like this, the maturing of the faith, right? When you mature in the natural, you grow up, you get a car, you start paying your own bills. Maybe your parents will help pay for a little while, but you get married, you know, in, in Genesis uh, two, it says man shall leave his, his parents and go live with, with her. You know, I mean, they lived in communes in town, but essentially he was saying like, now you guys are living together and you provide for your wife. And, and, but that doesn't mean you're separate from the family. Um, You're not separate from God, but God, I think there is a maturing where it's like, okay, you've been walking this road for a while And now I'm going to separate myself a little bit, yeah. but still there, but separate a little bit because you have the keys to the kingdom. You have the tools. Do you know what it's like? You've matured in your faith to go after these things. And if we're constantly, Hey God, Hey God, Hey God, we're never going to mature. We're going to be stuck in his basement playing video games the rest of our lives, you know, like, yeah. And I think there's this reality 
to our maturing in faith where God does step back. And then, but because of our mindsets on it, he can be like, we think he's not there. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, where's, where's God. And he, and, but he's always faithful to be like, no, I'm here. I'm here, mm-hmm. but you need to learn to mature. Right. You go from that milk to the meat. You know? Right. And it, um, you know, I do think that there comes a point in our faith because that's what it felt like when you described that that's what it felt like the first time where I felt like God like took a step back from me it was like whoa and because like I was like a baby Christian at the time mm-hmm. and like man I was seeing like a bunch of like cool stuff happen in the church and I was seeing people get saved and I was seeing like prayers being answered and like just stuff in my life and you know like really testing the faithfulness of God and then like when he stepped back it felt like man, it felt like he took a leap back instead yeah. of just like a tiny step with like, you know, me still in his view. Um, and I just, I think with the maturing comes almost like a trust from God that we can make our own decisions. Yeah. And I think he does that more and more to like, I feel like it's when you're in the pool as a kid and your parent, like, you know, you're swimming towards them. They have their hands out, but they keep taking like little steps back. Mm-hmm. to keep you swimming or the same with when the kids learning how to walk and they yeah. kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the carrot on a stick almost. And yeah. like, no, like you can do it. You can do it. You can, you know, you can go a little bit further. You can make those decisions for yourself. No, you mm-hmm. have the wisdom to do that. And I think that's amazing that God, you know, you know, all of our life should be glorifying and honoring him, but man, how much honor does he give to us to be like, no, no, no I've taught you enough in this area that I can trust yeah. you in making the right decision. And even if you don't like, I'm going to yeah. be here. I'm going to be it's, here. Yeah. It's just well, such a beautiful it, thing that it's, it a, it's the same thing. Like, you know, with the, the whole bike thing, right. You know, where he lets go of the bike, but then the kid falls over and the right. dad rushes to go pick him up. But there could be a broken trust there. Mm-hmm. But the dad always knew like, you weren't going to fall and hurt yourself. You're like yeah. three feet from the ground. It's that love, you know, that, that, um, I don't want to get into a theology talk on this, but it's a, uh, you know, that, that strong love that can come across looking like his anger, right. Where he's like his hit, but he's like, no, like you, you got this, you know, just right. get back up on the bike. We'll do this again. Um, and even in the same, um, what they did with the disciples shortly after just walking, like maybe a short time with him, he's like, okay, I'm sending you guys out now. I'm going to go over here for a while you guys are going to go to the different towns and villages. Yeah. I trust you. Like, and they didn't even trust themselves right. to go and do this. You know, they, they're, they're like, we only seen a couple of miracles and we've barely done anything. Now you're giving us your spirit to go out and do exactly what you're doing. Like, and, and I think that's a powerful, um, you know, we were like, Oh yeah, God's a good, good father. But when you can go the other way, where it's like, he's so good where we just rely on him all the time. Or you can go the other way where he's like, he doesn't even love me and he's full of hate and he's distant from me. Right. I think the balance is like, no, he's a good father. And that's why he lets you mature separate from him in ways. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's, we always want <laughs> the other one. Like I'm trying to think of, I have a friend that, um, likes to pray about everything and I, <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> I respect that. And I love that. And I love their faith. And at the same time, I'm like, you, you can go to whatever restaurant you want. Like, you yeah. don't, you, 
don't have whatever to, color balloons right. you want for this you know i think the holy spirit's still gonna come still right gonna make right. himself known right and um man like i'm like man i wish my prayer life was like that intense and then at the same time i'm like yeah but i i trust that god trusts me enough to like be making the wisest decisions i know how because like i know right. when i screw up i know when i you know i'm gossiping i know when i am saying something i shouldn't say or watching a show i shouldn't watch like yeah. the shoulda woulda coulda is all that you know that's based on you know my my walk of faith and what i believe is the most nourishing to my soul but um you know there is that that maturity comes whether I pray about it or not, because that's there, mm-hmm. there's that Holy Spirit conviction in me. If I yeah. am like, you know, not praying about what movie to watch and I'm watching something and it's a little bit, you know, not great for my spirit. I'm like, I'll shut it off just because I'm yeah. like, I can trust that feeling inside me, which is the Holy Spirit, you know, working mm-hmm. out inside me, not working out inside me with the dumbbells, <laughs> but like <laughs> working, <laughs> working out, um, you know, God's love inside me to, yeah. and wisdom to know like what I need and what I don't need. And the mature, maturing faith is so interesting because you can't, you can't rush it. No. You can't get there on your own either. It has to be tested against other mm-hmm. people's maturity in the faith and yeah. wisdom. And man, it is, I think this is like probably one of the first times like in my life, I can see myself like maturing in my faith. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's it's interesting because everybody's different. Everybody matures differently. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and going back to that, like realness with God, there's, there's some, some of us that go two, two steps forward, one step back, you know, two mm-hmm. steps forward, one step back. And, and, and in those step backs, we need to be the realest we can be with God. We need to be the most authentic we can be with God because they are setbacks sometimes, some greater than others um, in our just faith journey. Uh, but if, you know, it, it does start with practicing mm-hmm. that being real. And like, whenever you're, you take time to pray to God, like, Hey God, I'm dealing with this, this, and this, and I love you, Jesus, you know, in the yeah. end, you know, and um, he is, he is good. You know, like you ask him, he's not, you ask him for bread. He's not going to give you a stone. Right. Like that's the goodness of God. But the goodness of God is also, Hey, you're maturing. Stop drinking the milk. Start, here's a mm-hmm. nice steak for you. You know, yeah. medium rare. Here you go. <laughs> Let's have dinner. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. In the moments where I feel like he's silent, cause I've asked that question before. I'm like, you know, I asked you a pastor. I'm like, do you ever think God's silent? Like, do you ever think it? And they're like, no, I think we're just not like tuned into his voice. I'm like, mm. Mm, I think he's silent sometimes. <laughs> like yeah. I, for me, like, I think he's silent. I think that's, you know, where our maturity grows the most is in these moments where he's so quiet yeah. and feels so distant. And we have to rely on everything he's already done for us. Yeah. And all the ways he's proved himself to be good and all the ways that we've seen him show up in the 11th hour. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's why I love journaling so much because it is just a record of God's goodness and also my, my sinfulness on display yeah. and like where I've been and what I've come through. And man, it's just such a record to be like, no God, like I'll go back and look at my journals just to be like, 
hey, like I'm not in a good place right now, but I know your goodness is recorded here. Yeah. And, you know, I probably should be looking in the Bible for that as well, which I do. Um, But just seeing it in my own life, there's stuff I'll forget, like in how he's worked and like how he's been good. And I'll have friends remind me too that have known me for a while. They're like, do you remember where you were like two years ago? Like things were different. Like, like God's blessed you so much. So, um, yeah, I just hope that's an encouragement to people that like those, those silent areas with God are so precious. They're not anything to be scared of. Mother Teresa, um, and I'm probably going to butcher this, what she said, somebody asked her like, what do do you say when you talk to God? And she goes, oh, I don't say anything. And they're like, well, what does he say to you? He goes, she goes, he doesn't say anything. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just beautiful. There's that. She's so content with just, I'm just sitting in the silence, just being with him. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I I just love that because it is comforting to know that, okay, God's silent, but he's still there. Yeah. He's still there. So that's amazing. Yeah. Um, Man, I I love that. I I love that. Like, I wish I could. shut up and just sit there sometimes yeah. i'm always trying to fill the space i'm always yeah. trying to you know but there there has been times where i've been able just to sit and it, they are sometimes i fall asleep mm-hmm. other times i'm i'm put to sleep by the lord uh but like man yeah. it's just that silence there's, there's something so peaceful in that as well yeah it's being content no matter yeah. how many people around you are just like oh life's great jesus is awesome mm-hmm. and blah blah, blah. And it's like okay, yeah, but I'm going through hell right now right. and I don't feel Jesus. And it's like, well, great, awesome, yeah. good for you. Let's, what, you know, like, that's great. That means you're, yeah. you're on the right track. In a, in, a, in a certain way, you're in the right track. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why, like, I've been, it's been so easy for me to be real with God in that sense because I didn't feel like I could do that with people very much either, right. um, like, express my feelings or my anger or my hurt um, either with my family or especially in like the last 10 years showing up at different churches, you know, we all had to be blessed and highly favored all the time. And it just, that just wasn't the case. And I'm like, what is everyone smoking? Like, is no one having (laughs) challenges in their lives? Like what is going on? How come, you know, is everyone like really okay here? Like it's, you know, it's okay to not be okay. And, you know, that's one of the things I'm always, talking about whether it's like any kind of writing or posting that I do man I just love the tension between joy and grief and I think there is so much I don't know just meat in that and stuff to be learned like in between like holding joy and grief at the same time or you know just living a life where it's so imperfect incredible incredible message and I pray you were impacted greatly by this message um just being real with god is so important because that's the relationship he wants to have with you and so uh if you're struggling with that right now i i just pray that you uh are able to just open up the psalms and look and see how people were just so real with god and then make it your own be real with god whatever you're going through the grief just be real whatever you need to do so this friday we are done we are done with the podcast it's the finale 
Uh, and it's such a special episode because I have my father, Chris Ball, on it. And it's dropping this Friday on the 30th. What a way to end the year. I know you're going to enjoy it. Um, if you haven't listened to the past episodes, please jump on that. Go listen to it and share this podcast with somebody. You can also download my book at Amazon.com. Authentic You, Living Out the Masterpiece Life.